cutting edge guests, awesome uncensored jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kind of have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul's awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. If you are looking for groundbreaking nutritional products which revolutionize the way your body operates, you have to check out this cutting-edge, American-made, all-natural wellness brand. Root the Trinity Pack from GetRootNow.com is a game-changer. Let me show you. Zero In is the world's first quantumceutical, an all-natural adaptogenic nootropic which skyrockets your clarity and creativity. Professional athletes have reported over a 40% increase in their performance in only 90 days. Restore is a supplement that completely restores your gut health, optimizes your true brain, helping you tap into quantum consciousness, also known as the God Mind, all together with Clean Slate, which gently wipes out harmful heavy metals from your body, gently evacuating toxins, including graphene oxide. Trinity Pack from Root Altogether helps you increase your performance, longevity, deep sleep, and have a far greater quality of life. Register now at GetRootNow.com to grab your Trinity Pack. Then hit subscribe and save to get $15 back every month. Trinity Pack has also received the gold standard, a worldwide BSCG approval, allowing those in the military to first responders to the NFL, PGA, NBA, FIFA World Cup soccer, and more. Feel assured it is indeed all natural and drug-free. Trinity Pack even comes with a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. So when you grab your Trinity at GetRootNow.com, you can feel good knowing it's endorsed by Tier 1 Special Operations Warriors, to lightworkers, benevolent healthcare heroes, professional athletes, and Olympians detoxing their systems and unleashing their greatest self from across the globe. You can also get rewarded for being part of the Root community. See you there! Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. So I'm joined by a very, very nice panel of guests, uh, Canadian guests. Uh, we, we love our Canadian friends. Uh, they're doing amazing things. They're working against uh, incredible oppression uh, in Canada. Uh, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski is back with us, Brad Woosney. And we have a new guest, Norman Traversy, uh, that is joining us. He was uh, part of the Canadian convoy organizing that uh, in the latter stages of it. Uh, a lot of these gentlemen have uh, come under a lot of stress, so they're going to push back. They're going to push back a, a million man march. I, I think we might get it to a billion man march around the world uh, in yep. uh, September 20th. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Brad, you want to kick it off and uh, give us a little update on what's what's happening right now, and then we'll uh, go around Robin. Yeah, and thank you very much, Michael, for having us back on the platform, Tracy Joe as well. And you mentioned the people that on this panel that are receiving oppression, obviously no more than on this panel than Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, who in 2005 and 2006 had been fined in Calgary, as he said on several shows we've done now with you, the Intuitive Warrior Club, and on the Sovereign Soul Show, and on Fox News, and Tucker Carlson, and all those other shows as well. And he still faces right now, it's September 1st live stream here on your platform, he still faces in September 18th in Leicester, Bridge, Alberta, a sentencing handed down by the judge if he's going to receive 10 years in 
maximum security prison for delivering a 19-minute sermon at the Coots Alberta border crossing during the Canadian Freedom Convoy. And we can't allow that to happen on September 18th. This is a pastor, and as Pastor Pavlowski has said, hey, if they arrest a pastor, guess what they're going to do to you? And then Norman here, just a quick brief introduction on this hero as well. And he's a recognized hero by the Governor General of Canada in 2003, Michael. He's an ex-firefighter from the city of Mississauga, Ontario, and his great red pill moment. We've done several shows now together too. Red pill moment was when he was fighting a fire and then the building, three stories of that building on fire, dropped on him, crushed his spine, he got all these injuries. Then he was put on a temporary leave from being active, but he still was wearing the uniform, going to the education system of the schools because he of those injuries. And then a tractor trailer turned over as he was driving to work in uniform on his way to work. He climbed up the outside of that 18-wheeler's rig, knocked on the window, pulled the guy out, but suffered more injuries. And they cut him off of the workplace compensation and safety insurance board. They took the money. The chief of the fire department said, no, he wasn't working, even though he's in uniform, even though he had all the witnesses. So he first took that to the to the Crown, took that to the deep state in Ontario, took it to Trudeau, then hooked up with Pastor Arthur Pavlowski here in that quick, brief history that we're talking about and the Canadian Freedom Convoy. And now what our objective is, is threefold. Number one, ensure Pastor Arthur Pavlowski goes free. He's still stuck on home arrest right now for anybody who's new and joining us on home arrest in Calgary, Alberta. Number two, his son, Nathaniel Pavlowski, returning from the Reawaken tour in Las Vegas last week, has received not one, two, but he's on his third warrant for his arrest, simply for speaking out against the deep state cabal Nazis in Canada. And then Norman, as well, is going to share with you a wonderful OODA loop method where he owns the copyright. He bought the copyright to the COVID Health Act in Canada, the Firearms Act in Canada, as well as many others in the Bill C-71 Act. And now a sovereign tribunal of the Alliance of Indigenous Nations has rendered judgment against the Crown Attorney in the province of Ontario and the Attorney General of Canada. And those Attorney Generals stand to lose their law license, have to pay Norman $800,000 plus they will lose their insurance. They've already been notified and they've got something like two weeks to make it up. So this is an OODA loop strategy on how we can take it common law, lawful, as well as in the legal bar society, take down that deep state. But first we've got to save Pastor Archer Pavlowski because we cannot allow him to go to prison. Like you know, from the shows we've done with him, if anybody's hearing us for the first time, Pastor Pavlowski's prison guards that dragged him off to Coots, Alberta, off of Coots, Alberta, threw him in solitary confinement in the middle of winter up to 40 below in Alberta. They never registered his name on the list and they were bribing inmates to murder Pastor Arthur Pavlowski. We're talking about the last 18 months. This isn't communist Poland where Pastor Pavlowski grew up and got freedom from and then came with his brother to Canada. This is Canada behind the Iron Curtain right now. Mm, it's insane. So, uh, Pastor Pavlowski, where are you at? Uh, we, we hope that you get, uh, you know, like uh, a reprieve on the 18th so you can join this Million Man March uh, on the 20th. Where are you at right now? Where, what's, uh, what do you think is going to happen? Well, actually, I'm in a worse uh, shape than I was um, the last time we did the show. 
I got contacted by my legal team. And at this moment, I have three legal teams fighting for my family. I mean, this is no longer me. My brother David has been attacked without mercy, arrested 11 times. And now my son, Nathaniel, is being harassed every time he leaves the country to testify or upon arrival, he has a warrant for his arrest. I mean, for a young man, you know how stressful this is? You never know when or how you're going to be arrested. You can be arrested at any moment for whatever and you do not know what they're going to do to you because if history is of, of any indication of what those people are capable of, then you got to remember that they threw his father, pastor, in a metal cages like a dog. They took me into a solitary confinement, concrete, no water, no washroom. Um, I was kidnapped, as you remember, to a max spot for the most dangerous terrorists. Uh, and again, you got to remember, innocent until proven guilty does not exist in Canada anymore. And I was thrown in a psych ward without the evaluation of the doctors and even the knowledge of the Alberta Health Services. Everything they have done to my family, it was and still is illegal. So I received a, an email from my lawyer that the Crown Prosecutor is absolutely bent. And let me just go back a little bit. Who is the Crown Prosecutor? He is one of the top Crown Prosecutors. I think he's Deputy um, deputy Chief something. He's a big handshaw from a special prosecutor's unit, like the modern-day version of SS or Gestapo, whatever you want to call it. His name is Stephen Johnston. And why am I telling you this? Because that's the same guy that is going after the four men in Kutz that were arrested for bogus charges. That's the same man that was colluding illegally with the RCMP trying to frame all of us so we would be arrested. The unsealing of the envelope about the crime of this Crown Prosecutor Stephen Johnston is also happening on September the 18th. My lawyer notified me that this man, Stephen Johnston, from the Special Prosecutor's Unit, is seeking prison 10 times more than any other case recorded in a history of this country and for mischief, because I am the first Canadian ever to be found guilty on inciting mischief. I am also the first one ever to be charged with this eco-terrorism charge, and I am the first one to be found guilty on this charge, interfering with the crucial infrastructure under the Defense Act. So the Crown Prosecutor is absolutely bent on hunting me down, and he came with this ridiculous prison suggestion uh, for the judge. Why is this concerning? Because the judge himself said that everyone that was participating in a freedom convoy is a criminal. According to him, over 1 million Canadians that fought for their God and state-given rights are a bunch of terrorists, criminals that should be punished uh, without 
mercy. Also, they are monitoring my programs like this one. And the Crown Prosecutor, Stephen Johnston, came to my lawyer, um, you know, whining and complaining that I'm still doing videos talking about this corruption. You know, how dare I? How dare I expose the deep state and the, the corruption at the highest levels from the political and judicial um, side, um, you know, system. So um, he sent um, a letter to my lawyer saying that I was talking um, publicly about this and he was furious that I was referring to my speech in Kutz as a sermon he believes that this was not a sermon. And again, you got to remember, I was invited there to do a service, church service. What do I do during a church service is I do what every other clergyman is doing. So there is worship, singing, there is Lord's Supper. So eating the elements, remembering the blood of Jesus and, and his, you know, sacrifice. And then there is a speech, there is a sermon that is part of the service. According to this man that was caught lying and cheating so many times, I'll have to tell you, you know, in a one separate show, how many times this man manufactured, lied, made stuff up during my bail hearings and lied to different judges. Uh, it's unbelievable. Well, he disagrees that this was a church service. This was a fiery speech that was inciting people to murder Canadians. And he compared my sermon to Rwanda genocide and, um, and, and a man that was inciting murder on other people. So those are the updates that really worries me because it shows that those people have zero accountability, that they can literally get away with murder, which which they do right now. And um, and I'm thinking, I don't know how the story go is going to end um, for me on the 18th. I was told by my lawyer, I might go in and I will not be able to come out. What's more disturbing about this is that I will be immediately taken to a remand center to the same place that the guards were giving bribes to inmates to murder me. Um, so this is the update on uh, what might happen on the 18th. Uh, I mean, no one knows, only God knows how the story uh, is going to, to end. But um, uh, the Crown sent a letter to my lawyer also saying that I am unrepentant that I am not sorry for my crimes committed. So now I take that extra time, if he's watching, to say again, I am not sorry. I'll never be sorry. I did what every pastor was supposed to do, to be with the hurting people, standing up for God and state given rights. And I'm not regretting that I was part of the truck convoy I will never apologize for being part of something that was absolutely so beautiful on this soil that reminded me of the solidarity movement in Poland that I remember growing up. So it bothers them, my friends. It bothers them that we're not bowing. It bothers them that they're throwing everything at their disposal and we are still standing tall. So my, in summary, um, 
my raw, raw, you know, roar to you would be stay tall, do not bow, do not quit, do not give up, do not throw a towel, but remember that in the end of the day, the truth is like a pillar and it stands on its own is them, the liars, the cheaters, the manipulators that have to defend their position with more lies and more manipulations, more disinformations. And I think more and more people are realizing who those monsters are because we got to call them by their proper names. They're monsters. They are monsters. Who those monsters are, I think more and more people are seeing through their lies and are being awakened. You know what? I welcome the next the next shutting down of our economy and restrictions because if they will dare to do that, I think this time around, there is going to be millions of Canadians that are going to push back. So if that's what they want to do, I think it would be beneficial for the movement and for us uh, to face that because more and more people will realize uh, that those people do not make any sense. And if they want to turn me into a martyr, well, I guess history is teaching us that sometimes from time to time, someone has to pay the price. Someone has to be, be the voice crying out in the wilderness. And they could also benefit this movement because they will people will realize that this has nothing to do with justice it had nothing to do with saving lives or keeping people healthy this is a political vengeance because that's what it is this is political vengeance they were embarrassed and they are here to hurt me and my family full stop that's what the whole thing is all about yeah and i remember you came to the united states and you were speaking in the united states you probably could have stayed here and had political uh you know prosecution per persecution from your country which is absolutely what's going on to you like you just mentioned uh but you decided to go back and they said no nah, don't worry uh we're we're not going to arrest you if you come back and right when you landed they arrest you right away so uh like you're saying these guys are liars they're they're not there is no justice it seems like anymore and absolutely are monsters uh because the Canadian convoy was supposed to basically free you guys from, you know, the COVID lies and, and lockdowns and masking and all that kind of stuff. And now, like you're saying, it sounds like they're going to try and do it again. So now we go to Norman. Uh, Norman, I know that you're uh, you're you're pushing for the children because let's let's okay, we're not going to like do it for ourselves. At least let's do it for the children. Uh, tell us about what you're uh, what you're trying to do. What I'm trying to do is cause as much disruption as possible. That's what I'm doing. And as uh, Brad said earlier about the OODA loop, uh, I don't know if people listening want to look that up. It's EA, observe, orient, decide, act. And that was an American fighter pilot that came up with a concept. And it's now being taught in business schools. And what I believe is it's not good to protest. You've got to go after the individuals and make them pay. Like, you know, the government of Canada, what is that? It's a nebulous thing. Uh, but then what I'm doing is I'm going after the attorney general of Ontario and a crown attorney in Ontario. And I found a glitch in, <laughs> in the system 
there was a there is a company called PK Knight Publishing, and it's been around for about sixty years, and it was started by uh, Gordon Knight's father, and it's out of Alberta, and they were publishing handbooks for tradesmen. So if you're an electrician or a plumber, or whatever, you would buy this handbook for twenty seven bucks. And it would have the Canadian Standards Association regulations and how to do the job properly, according to the regulations. Well, those regulations are federal laws. They apply across Canada. And uh, the CSA, Canadian Standards Association, contacted Gordon Knight of uh, PK Knight Publishing and said, you've got to pay us to reprint those because they're copyrighted. And Gordon Knight said, no, you can't copyright federal law. Those are federal laws. And it went to court a million bucks. And two years later, Gordon Knight lost. And the Federal Court of Canada said that, yeah, CSA can copyright their laws. Then it went to the Supreme Court of Canada. And the Supreme Court allowed that ruling to stand. And the dissenting judges said, well, this could lead to unintended negative consequences. And I read that about four years ago, and I thought, I'm an unintended negative consequence. And uh, <laughs> I went online, and I looked for uh, a law. And I, I thought, okay, you know, something that hasn't gone to the Queen's printer yet or whatever. And I found Bill C-71. And I did a copyright search on the government's own database, and it said Bill C-71, no owner. So I copyrighted it, 50 bucks by visa. So I put my visa in, and it gave me a receipt. And I thought, no, no, <laughs> I, you can't sell me a law. But this thing sold me Bill C-71. And I went to bed thinking, OK, Tomorrow, they're going to work, see what I've done, and silly bugger, and maybe the police, whatever, I'll get my money back. No. A couple of weeks later, I got suitable for framing uh, Bill C-71, and Brad's got a copy of it, I'm sure, but they I sold me. That. Pardon me? Sure, I'll share that now as you're talking. Uh, yeah. Thank right you. on the Canadian government website. Yeah. yeah, it's right on there. Look, government search results, those are the copyrights. There it is, Bill C-71 on the government website. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they, so they sold me Bill C-71, and I thought, wonder what it is. And I looked it up, and it's the Firearms Act. I own the Firearms Act. And as you can see, I, I, I bought about 20 laws now. I own the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I own the Bill of Rights. Hmm. And I found out from a copyright lawyer when she finished laughing, she said that uh, this is, there it is, Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I own it. Yep. With my brother. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I thought this is great OODA looping. I own the Quarantine Act. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, for some reason, it's an unmanned website and the government of Canada passes laws 
And yes, they are copyrighted. They're copyrighted automatically when they're passed. But the government of Canada sold those to me for $50 a pop. They sold them. And no one's checked. No one really knows. So what I did, um, what, about four days? Uh, first, I went to the Association of Indigenous Nations, which is 150 uh, indigenous tribes around the world, the Maori in New Zealand, Aboriginals, the Sami in Finland, all these different uh, unconquered, um, unceded uh, tribes that have never signed a treaty. They've all signed treaties with each other and they've got their own tribunal. And I have been arrested for trying to go to a Canadian court. And I've also been locked out when I charged Trudeau. They locked me out of the courtroom and said, oh, we don't have any evidence of Trudeau's uh, corruption. And I'm locked out outside with all the evidence. So I said, look, I can't go to the colonial courts. Can I go to your court? So they accepted my case. And of course, uh, I, I contacted the Attorney General of Ontario and this Crown Attorney. And I said, you are to cease and desist from using my property and uh, reproducing it, which is Bill C-71, the gun laws. So <laughs> I, of course they ignored me. Then I sent them a final notice and I said it was $200,000 a day for every day they're in violation and infringing my property, my copyright. And they ignored that. So I took it to the tribunal and they accepted it. And they then contacted the attorney general. He didn't respond. So he's in default. He's de so they issued a judgment that the attorney general and this crown attorney are to pay me $818,000 and 900. <laughs> and uh, there it is. Yeah, so what you're looking at here is the decision from the AIN court. And Michael, what's important for all the viewers here is to understand is the Crown Corporation of Canada and the United States of America Corporation, the entity, as well as the Crown of England and the Australian Corporation, all recognize, according to John Sapola, the head of the Alliance of Indigenous Nations who pulled this all together, they all recognize this court. So as Norman has put it to me in our, one of our recent shows and shared with our audience, it's like if the hag was handing down a decision on of war crimes against a criminal and said, your criminal is in your country of Canada, now you turn it over to their legal enforcement system, they have to enforce it because it's an international court. So this is what we're looking at here was that decision. And there's just one more document, and this happens to be the document, uh, the one called the uh, cease and desist here uh, that Norman had originally sent, which I think everybody will enjoy because we're he's literally handing it back to the deep state. And I feel what we're about to uh, see here is there may be a parallel coming out of what Norman has uncovered and is now lawfully enforcing both common law and then legal which is the difference, as you and I know, with the sovereign, walking the sovereign's way. 
and the world is about to wake up to this, that the British Association of Registrars, which is headquartered in the city of London, which is a city-state, an occupying state of the enemy, the deep state cabal Luciferians, that I feel between Arthur's case, and I don't have the exact answer yet, but I'm very certain we've got some brilliant minds here, a lot more smarter than me, including the ones on this channel, all three of you gentlemen, that there will be a wonderful convergence here very shortly. Because what you're seeing now from Norman, if people aren't understanding, is that Norman is now in the process as of yesterday, and I'll leave it to him to tell you how they are enforcing this in Ontario and in Canada. Go ahead, Norman. Okay. okay. So, um... First thing I did was I got the law licenses of the attorney general and this crown attorney and their license number, basically, to practice law. And then I went to uh, the insurance company because all the lawyers in Ontario, everywhere, they're insured for malpractice, for making mistakes, whatever. I contacted the insurance company and I sent them a copy of the judgment. And I got the license numbers, et cetera. And I said, uh, you're the insurer. You have to deal with this. You owe me $818,900. And I got a reply within half an hour that they had received it. I gave them my phone number and my email. Now, what are they going to do? Are they going to say this tribunal, which is international, recognized by the UN, the American government, the Canadian government, is not legitimate, in spite of the fact that the Canadian government passed a bill saying they were legitimate? Does that mean the Maoris that sat on that tribunal and the Aborigines and all the other tribes that sat on that tribunal are nothing? That doesn't count. It's only the white man's law that counts. Is that what they're going to say? I don't think so. Or are they going to say, I don't really own Bill C-71? Well, I've got a certificate of ownership with a serial number. And on their own website, the Canadian government calls me the owner. You can look it up. Anyone that types my name into Google, the first thing that shows up is the link to that website. So I do own that. I bought it for 50 bucks. They sold it. It's a corporation. That's what they do. So now what? Now what are they going to do? If they don't pay me, I'm going to put a lien on their private homes until I get my 800 grand. So now what? They're not going to practice law because there's licenses are going to be suspended until this is dealt with. The insurance company doesn't care about the lawyers. So it's I think it's the ultimate OODA loop. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So maybe you can just bring the whole system down this way. Is that is that a possibility? Absolutely. Uh, I own 20 laws now. I own and just for good measure, I bought the Copyright Act. <laughs> so they God. can't change the they can't change the Copyright Act because I own it. Unbelievable. Wow. So it well, sounds like the, a Russell J. Gould story. Well, you know, the inspiration for this was I'd heard a story about Paul McCartney and, uh, oh, what the heck's his name? Um, 
He's gone now. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The biggest pop singer, the king of pop there. Jackson. Michael Jordan. Jackson. Michael mm. Jackson were at a party. And Paul McCartney said, well, the real money's in copyrights. So Michael Jackson went out and he bought the whole Beatles everything. That's right. And he never said he wrote the Beatles songs. He just bought their copyrights. And it was only after Michael Jackson's passing that Paul McCartney could buy back his own copyrights. So if Michael Jackson can do it, I can do it. And they set up this stupid website that would sell me any law I want. And I think I'm going to help Brad buy something. But uh, we I was contacted by some clan mothers. And Brad, I sent you a picture of me with the clan mothers. Hmm. Yeah. And they were doing a tobacco ceremony for me on the shores of Great Slave Lake every evening. And they flew down to Ottawa and they gave a speech. And they were staying at a hotel where I'm friends with the owner. And they said, Norman, we heard that you bought the Firearms Act. Can you help us buy some laws? And they're in buckskins with the beads and the whole bit. And I said, yeah, ladies, get your visas out. They bought the Indian Act. And they're just tears of laughter. They bought the Indian Act. Oh, let's buy this one for uh, cousin so-and-so. They're buying all these laws that pertain to First Nations and uh, 50 bucks a pop. So they're hanging on their walls now. It's hilarious. Yeah. The system is broken, and I've just thrown a wrench into it. And, um, and I'll acknowledge those clan mothers here now. So these wonderful indigenous. There, there I am with the clan mothers. The Indian uh, Act. That's Norman in the middle left side there. Beautiful. So I'm not sure what comes to everybody right now, or Michael, and and uh, you're extremely intuitive, obviously. But with what Arthur's, Arthur's situation is, Nathaniel and so many other Canadians, and then possibly for the J6ers, because today I've done two shows with Chris Guy, uh, same with Lee Dundas. We're reaching out worldwide for the taking a the chapter of the one million man march in ottawa which norman and josh alexander put together to stand against the woke the pedophilia and the schools the world economic forum and the world homicide organization and went we're going to do one billion and so many people are on board you already know is we also have to have that other system ready for us to move into the sovereignty return to sovereignty and god but also take down this tyrannical nazi system of satan and Norman has literally just found the crack, split it wide open, given all sovereign Canadians protection to turn around and buy those copyrights and do the same thing. The Alliance of Indigenous Nations, according to John Sapola, who I was you know, messaging with again this morning, is on board, as well as their own things, to take down a tyrannical system and free everybody so they return to sovereignty and God. And this is a man of God right here with Pastor Pavlowski. So if it doesn't come to anybody by the time this live stream ends, perhaps it will come to somebody as to what we can do for Pastor Pavlowski, Nathaniel Pavlowski, and every Canadian suffering under tyranny and persecution and prosecution, not just from a legal society 
VAR system, a common law, the unalienable rights we all have as people of the world, of man and woman, regardless of what flag flies around the borders of a cunt tree that we sit within. So I just put it out there to the world outside of the 1 billion march on September 20th in communities everywhere around the world. Anything come to you, Michael, on what we might be able to pull together or anyone in the chat so we can save Pastor Pavlowski as well? Yeah, I think that the, uh, you know, the the 1 billion uh, person march, I think that's a that that's going to really activate the world and that's going to bring a lot of attention uh, to Pastor Pavlovsky. And I think that's going to be uh, possibly the deciding factor because these, these psychopaths only respond to uh, massive numbers of people like pushing back. Uh, and that's, that's what uh, they, they saw happening with the, the convoy last year. So they had to come down hard on that. Uh, but that was very, very nearly, uh, you know, took down, I think it nearly took down the government. So it's, uh, they had to push back hard. So Canadians are being very, very soft, like Canadians are, but I think they're starting to get to the point where they're not going to put up with this much, much longer. So we need, uh, we need that kind of push from the world, uh, to push back on this, uh, this deep state, uh, corruption. Uh, so that's, that's one of the things that gets most people motivated, the children and, uh, you know, the sound of freedom. I think you guys are trying to get some, uh, you know, some, you know, connection with that. Uh, if they, if they get on board with it, Lee Dundas is, is phenomenal. Uh, she has done a lot of work. Uh, I, I'm going to have her on the show too. We'll talk about this. So if we can get, uh, I think you guys are going to put together a website. I think the website will be something that once, once that goes up, and people see this is for real, uh, we'll probably get a massive, uh, massive following and, uh, sure. and, and pushback. Yep. Websites ready to go. I was just with the web designer between this show and the last one we just wrapped and, uh, they don't have it up, but they have everything they need to just put it right up. So it's all, it's all set up and hopefully it'll stay up. So I'll let you know. And then Pastor Pavlowski's hearing is 17 days from now. We're on the 17th day in Jamatra anyway, right? 912023. And that's the key thing to uh, everybody. What worked last time are people calling the Premier Danielle Smith. And Michael, I'll, I'll send that information again after this. Calling her office in Alberta because she's not standing up. In fact, she put out a, a post today that Theo Fleury jumped on. And she said, just so you know, everybody, we know that there's another pandemic coming. Come meet us and talk to us about your concerns. That's not the concern. The concern is freeing everybody and returning to sovereignty. So she, we know she's bought off. And then the other one is, what was this guy's name again? Johnston, Pastor Pavlowski, is calling his office directly because it, they stayed your sentencing August 8th and pushed it to September 18th. It almost seems like That's the right. people's voices were heard. So mm -hmm. what's the, the name yeah, of this well, what was going on, um, I've heard that there was a massive convoy that was being organized, kind of like a convoy 2.0 that was supposed to arrive on August the 9th for my sentencing. And uh, people were, trackers were coming from British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta. And of wow. course... Um, the government heard about this, and I think they deliberately pushed the sentencing um, to frustrate 
that convoy because you never know. Um, sometimes when the villains push and they keep pushing, uh, there comes a time when the people snap. And I'm not talking about violence. I'm just saying, that's it. We're not going. Until, until we get our rights, that's it. Shoot us dead, but we're not moving. And that's what I saw growing up. Uh, and, 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 and some were shot. I mean, we have to understand that those monsters, those beasts, they will hurt people, but they're hurting people anyway. I mean, they're hurting our children right now as we speak. They are murdering Canadians as we speak right now by denying them medical attention. Yeah. I remember I remember when I came to this country, it's quite ironic right now when I think about, uh, of course, what I was told in the Canadian embassy in Athens. Uh, but when we came here, we had a guaranteed healthcare system. Right. So if you're in need, you're paying taxes. Um, my God, Canadians, we pay 55 percent in taxes. We are literally slaves of the system. We pay so much taxes. Um, <laughs> historically speaking, when the king wanted to raise taxes to 10 percent, he had a revolt because the people said, you're not God. Only God take, takes 10 percent. Who do you think king you are? So he had a revolution. Now we're giving 55% to those devils, those monsters, those beasts. And somehow people are okay with that. But I remember when I came to Canada in 1995, I was told that every Canadian, every immigrant, everyone that is on this soil has a right to a doctor. Uh, and now we're living a few years later and those monsters are deciding who can live and who is destined to die based on your bodily autonomy. I remember when those psychopaths were marching on the streets of our cities, yelling and screaming for the murder of the innocent children, my body, my choice. Uh, and in the past three years, when I reminded them about this, um, they were yelling at me something else. I mean, you can't pick and choose, and that's what the left, far, far left is doing. They are picking and choosing whatever they want. They're making stuff, stuff up. Um, but we're living in a country right now where there is no bodily autonomy that they can decide who can live, who is allowed to live by the state, and who is destined to be murdered. I mean, that's an insanity. I don't understand why Canadians are not uh, rising up. So what is going to take? I believe the more they push, and, and here is an interesting thing. I don't know if you heard, but I'll tell you an inside information because you mentioned Danielle Smith. And of course, I know her personally for many years. That's why I was so opposed to her becoming the premier because I know the woman. I know how weak of a human being she is. Mm -hmm. She's a flip-flopping individual. So she will go whatever the wind Right, she will be bending to the wishes of the wind, if you, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, it, it's very interesting because I have an inside information right now. I can't tell you from whom, but very, very high up. I don't want to jeopardize uh, that whistleblower um, by telling you this individual's name because we value that you know inside information from the cabinet. And um, that person was already at meetings that 
the outsiders, the WF and all those snakes out there are pushing for another uh, round of uh, lockdowns, for another pandemic, for another masking, for another you know round of isolation, segregation, and separation. And I was told that the premier is bowing. She's under enormous pressure, blah, 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 blah. And she is slowly bowing to, to that pressure. Um, so it's going to be very interesting because I was warning people about her. I was telling you that just a matter of time, maybe not this year, maybe next one, but she is going to betray you. And of course, everything she promised so far, she did not deliver, including passing sovereignty act, which she did within a half hour, but she's not using it as a power that we taught she um, said she's going to do. Uh, the latest backpedaling is when she said a month ago that she's not going to implement a provincial police. And that was her big baby. That was her whole platform. Uh, that's what we're going to do. We got to get rid of the RCMP. RCMP, um, Mike, for you is like your FBI, which is corrupted to the core. I mean, there is there is nothing there except China. It's corrupted to the very core, to the very foundation of that organization. And if I was a king, I would just throw them all out without pension, like out, you evil, wicked Gestapo. So uh, we'll see what is going to, to happen. But a credible source from within the cabinet of the premier of Alberta contacted us and said, this is already being discussed the next round the next lockdowns. It's already being discussed. So I don't know how long do we have, um, a weeks, a month, I don't know. But I'm telling you that if people like us go, if we are, if they will manage to remove us as a shield, because you got to look at this, we are the shield between you and the villains. And if we go down, you're next. You must understand the concept. You must understand history. This is a simple repetition of that history. They've done it before. Uh, I'm not surprised. This is not like a shocker. Governments have been doing this for thousands of years. This is nothing new. And it's our time in this historical timeline to rise up, to stand up, and just simply say, no, I received a disgusting letter um, two days ago. Disgusting letter. I'll read it um, just a little bit to you. I mean, you won't believe it. Or maybe if you're receiving the same letters, you will believe it. But you know what it says? It's a letter from the sold out Conservative Party of Canada, which I call it the Communist Party of Canada, and now, you know, United Communist Party of Alberta, which, which is all the same people. Um, you know, it says, I received a letter from, from the um, organization, this highly corrupted organization, and it says, just say no. Can you believe it? I mean, seriously, can you believe it? They are stealing our slogans. They are, they are taking our shields, our colors, and they're using them 
for themselves. But you see, you would say, well, maybe that's a good thing that they are taking our stance. No, they're not taking our stance. They are taking our slogans to go against the Liberal Party. Just say no, not to the masking, not to the lockdowns, not to the destruction of economy, not to the net zero garbage, no, no, the cl climate boiling, you know, lie. No, 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 no. Just say no to the Liberal Party so you can elect us as the future ruling party. Can you believe that? It's unbelievable what is happening. So they obviously are paying attention. They know slogans do work and they are using them to fool the people again with this revolving door. Let's vote for the lesser of two evils. If you don't vote for us, if you don't vote for the conservatives or the Communist Party of Canada, while well, the Nazis will get in and you don't want Nazis, you should prefer the communists. And I am listening and watching this te political theater for decades now, and I just shake my head and I'm thinking, don't you see it? That you're being played? Don't you see that this is a charade? This is a the game? This is a joke? And, and they, they're taking you for fools? A revolving door, the same end game. You know, um, you were talking about uh, Norman about the buffalo jump i was there a few times it's a very interesting place and i have this image right now that the canadians are being led like those buffaloes yeah. of the cliff yes exactly yes exactly and they would they would wipe out an entire herd of buffalo to maybe harvest three or four yeah but winter. you know why why because few buffaloes got so scared that they started to gallop and run. There was a stampede and then the rest of them were just following. And this is what I see in Canada right now. I see yeah. those buffaloes just following some that are stupid and scared and, and afraid and they're just running. And, oh, if they're running, uh, we will be running too. And you're trying to stop them in a full gallop, but there is no stopping a running buffalo. There is just no way you can do that. So off the cliff, they go. I was sharing this. I don't know if I shared that the last time I was on your show, uh, but I received a few weeks ago statistics from Ledbridge. Out of all the cities in this country, I received the statistics of how many people are dying in a city of Ledbridge. Why that really uh, touched me? Because that's the city I'm being you know, prosecuted and persecuted in the city of Ledbridge in a court. And my sentencing is also in Ledbridge. Guess how many people are dying in that city in comparison to two years before? 10 times more wow. deaths than oh two years ago. 10 times. I'm not talking about 100%, right? If I would say to you it's double, you would say, my God, this is crazy. Thousand times, thousand, thousand percent, thousand percent, yeah, thousand, ten times. Wow, ten times more people are dying than a couple of years before. And this is just the beginning. Remember, you mentioned that it I is. travel yeah. uh, in your beautiful country, which I adore. I love America. I I am American in my heart. I love American spirit and and, and the dream of you know working hard and 
accomplishing something for the next generation. I love the patriotism of American people. I always, I remember when we were singing national anthem or that famous song, I am an American, uh, we all were all crying. It was so beautiful. You had sometimes 10,000 people standing, you know, with their, uh, with their hands on the, on the hearts and, and just singing that. And I looked around and the people were crying. Tears were coming down. That that love for that country in the hearts of so many Americans is, is very real. And um, and look at look what they're doing. When I spent four months in your country, I traveled with the most brilliant minds in the United States: uh, biologists, scientists, biologists, doctors, people that spend their entire lives on dealing with viruses. And every single one of them said the same thing to me art millions of people are going to die millions and i said doctors how soon what are we to expect and you know every one of them said three to four years mm. three to four years i was in your country exactly two years ago i came back on on September of 2021, and I was immediately arrested, stepping out of the plane on tarmac. I've never seen another human being, except in the Hollywood productions, to be arrested stepping out of the plane. I mean, uh, in a way, I, I guess I'm privileged to be able to experience all this fun, but um, it, it is absolutely insane. So 10 times more people are dying, and this is just the beginning. Mm. You see, this is not over. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. So you know what? My heart grieves because as a pastor, I'm being contacted by crying families. Fathers, I got a phone call from a father. His daughter just passed away. I don't know what to tell them. My heart breaks. I, I, I'm not very good at hearing those stories, if you know what I mean. I would never be able to be a doctor. I'll probably cry with them and I would not be able to help them. My wife, she would be an amazing doctor. Because she has that that ability to concentrate and fix and help. That's why she was always taking care of you know accidents with with our kids. Uh, me, no, I'll, I'll just I'll just probably collapse and and just cry with them and not be able to do it. It just it goes deep inside into my heart the tragedy of those human beings, and then anger kicks in. Anger kicks in because I know who did this to them. I know that there are monsters in a political arena, in a justice system, so-called justice system, mainstream media propaganda. They did this to his daughter and to his son. And, and, and I don't know. My wife says, you know what? The government should not fear a man like you because you're not advocating for violence. They should fear the fathers and the mothers when their eyes will be open and they will actually understand what was really done to them and their loved ones. When that knowledge will come and open their ears and their eyes and they will understand what was done to them, my God, I wouldn't want to be a politician. Hmm. And if I can I, add I to remember um, the last time I was in Canada was uh, uh, Edmonton, Alberta. I taught a course up there to a, a large group of people. Absolutely stunning. Um, so I, I love Canada. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, the people are absolutely beautiful, amazing people. Uh, the first time I was in Canada was 42 years ago when I was in uh, the Navy. Uh, my ship came in there and we, uh, in Vancouver, 
had Liberty there. Wow. What a great place. So I came back there and, uh, the Canadian Rockies just absolutely phenomenal, uh, ski resorts, you know, uh, the, the hot springs and so forth. So I, when I heard that, uh, Alberta had a new premiere and she was saying that the unvaccinated were the most, what, what'd she say? Discriminated or something like that. They were and, the most they, discriminated people that yeah. she has ever seen during her lifetime. And now she denies organ transplant to the unvaccinated. That's the they're same dying. woman. They're dying. I, I just heard recently where this woman died because they're like, well, you can't get one because it, you might, you might die from COVID if you get a COVID tainted, you know, transplant. I was like, what, <laughs> what kind of craziness is going on up there? Uh, the beautiful people of, of Vancouver are like, you know, demonstrating for more masking. What is going on? So it's, there's a little bit of craziness going on. Uh, I think some of these people were paid or they're just like, just uh, yeah. like the Buffalo just running off the cliff, but it's, it's very sad. So no, no, great. no, that, that definitely the Antifa, the BLM, those are paid operatives. Don't be fooled. Those are people that are being paid. Right. I talk to them. They get 50 bucks per protest, sometimes a little bit more. Uh, that's their gig. They're being funded, supported, uh, and paid for. So, uh, yeah, among them, there are some crazies, of course. But the core, the organizers, those that are putting those things together, are working for Soros, government, NDP. Actually, uh, believe it or not, the, the, the head staffer for the NDP uh, leader, Rachel Notley, in the province of Alberta, is a head of Antifa in Alberta. Hmm. Yeah, the Aurora Borealis. Uh, what what an amazing sight in Canada. But, uh, you know, amazing sights are, are basically getting taken away by this madness that's going on up there. So, Norman, how are we going to turn yes. this around? <laughs> uh, can I? Well, I'm working on it. <laughs> can I tell you a story? Um, yeah. Because Arthur was talking about this, but this is a very personal story and it's God's hand at work. And I had a friend, I live in downtown Ottawa, in a very nice place. And my friend came out from Alberta to visit and I was showing her around uh, the Rideau Canal, you know, just not far from my building. And uh, there was still quite a lot of snow on the, on the ground. It was early March. And all of a sudden, I had this compulsion. I said, do you want to go to Parliament Hill? And she said, okay. And Parliament Hill's like a five-minute drive from where I live, where our Parliament is. And I didn't take my car. Even though my car was parked underground at the building, I took an Uber with this woman. And we got out, and I walked up onto Parliament Hill. And there was snow, like four feet high. And there's a woman sitting on a snowbank, like four feet up, and she's crying. And there's a cop in her face. And she's got signs around her neck saying, Canadian government sucks, Canadian government unfair to disabled people. And, and, and she's crying. And I walked up to the cop and I pointed at him and I said, leave us. And he left. <laughs> he left. 
And I, I looked at her and I said, you look like you need a hug. You want a hug? And she said, yeah. And she got down off the snowbank and I could see one of her arms wasn't quite right. And one of her legs wasn't quite, quite right. And I gave her a big hug. And her husband was a few feet away. And, uh, you know, she was she was protesting and the cop was hassling her. And she's still crying. I said, do you want a tour of Parliament Hill? Are you from here? And they weren't. They were from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I said, well, come on, I'll give you a tour. So I gave him the little tour of Parliament Hill. And I said, do you want to go have lunch where the cool kids hang out? And uh, sure. So we go to a cafe and it was the cafe that stayed open for the truckers convoy. And I said, this is a historic place. You know, this is where the convoy people were fed and had coffee during the convoy. And I talked to her and I said, you know what? I, I explained the OODA loop and I said, it's no good to cause to uh, protest. You got to cause trouble. Go after your premier in Nova Scotia. Go after go after them personally. And, you know, we're just chatting and. When they left to go, she gave me a hug and she said, you changed my life. And uh, she texted me later. And what she had done was she had come out with her husband to Ottawa to protest. Then she was going back to Nova Scotia and having a medically assisted suicide. Oh, no. Jeez. And I, yeah, I talked her out of it. And she wrote me back and she said, oh, you know, you you changed me and I'm just going to see what kind of mischief I can cause. And uh, yeah, so now she's she's a warrior. But uh, I had I had to go to Parliament Hill and that cop left when I pointed at him, which is unusual for cops. And now she's uh, one of us. Yeah. Awesome. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Her name's Annabelle. <laughs> Thanks for being with us, Annabelle. Yeah. 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 I hope so Danielle I'll send this. If you send me a link, I'll send it to Annabelle. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely send you a link. Uh, send you a copy her. of the show. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, yeah. So Danielle Smith, premier of Alberta very corrupt as we just talked about uh turncoat basically got herself in by telling everybody hey i'm gonna be on your side and then she gets in she she turns on everybody so her number is uh we're gonna post that i've already posted it in the chat right now but we're gonna post that um looks like uh one seven eight zero four two seven two seven one one Let's blow that phone up, you know. So uh, this is this is what happened last time uh, when uh, Arthur Pavlovsky was having, you know, his court case August eighth. We blew the phone up, and it seemed to make a difference. So maybe we can do that again. Uh, so let them let them hear our frustration, um, you know, rage against the machine. So this is this is what we have to do to defeat these guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then also the uh, phone number as well for the Justice Minister of Alberta, too. So you've got Premier and the Justice. Is it all okay. right to read that? 
to Michael, and I was sending it to Tracy Joe as we were chatting. Yeah. Uh, it's area code 780-427-2745. So 780-427-2745. So right now on Eastern time, you can leave a message for Danielle Smith and the premier, but they will tell you, you got to call back on Monday, which is Labor Day weekend to the justice. So we have to keep up the heat as well. And if I can share this is news as of only a few hours ago because AJ Roberts, former three-time combat tour veteran in the UK, and I were doing a show with Chris Sky about the 1 billion March, September 20th, where Chris is leaving after this weekend from Vermont, speaking at Liberty Stock. Kevin Hoyt, Lisa Shermerhorn, Vermont stands up, Dr. Northrup's organization, Maine stands up. Well, Sky News, I'm not sure if you saw this, Michael, posted today that they are closing down schools in the UK because suddenly for the toddlers, there's a problem with the concrete foundations. Yet what's come up in investigation, and Chris was providing some evidentiary background to this, is what they are doing is apparently installing weaponized virus aerosolized delivery systems in the HVAC systems in the schools in the United Kingdom right now. So that when they reopen the schools, the supposed plan, and Chris calls this triple-demic, is when the kids return, they're going to poison the kids, murder some of those kids, and then use that as a public way to say, look, we told you a new version, a new strain has come back. Get back to your home, lock down, wear a mask, take these new vaccines, which are not a SARS-CoV-2 COVID vaccine. We've got to rush it in because apparently the climate change hoax is up. We know enough. We've been awake enough to a degree. And then COVID is. So that was on Sky News just five hours ago that the United Kingdom is closing down schools for kids because of a concrete issue around the country that just suddenly came up. And this is what they're saying. So they're going to come after the kids in a way that we, unlike we've never seen in a public environment before, if this is true. And if there's any more reason to stand up for children, I can't think of one. I mean, we already have Sound of Freedom. We've had all the Drenochrome. We've had the Kathy O'Briens and all those amazing survivors of being trafficked, of child sex slavery who have come forward. And this is not a one-off issue. This is an issue for the world. And we are facing, again, a human extinction event where probably half of the people watching this may not survive from have, having had the jabs. As Leighton Gray had explained to me on my program three weeks ago, who's running the COVID class action in Canada on the legal system. Whether you're unjabbed or you're jabbed, it's free to get on board. And he said, unfortunately, in the law society, it may be years until we get a case win. And over half those people that have joined this case will be dead because of the vaccine genocide upon them. And they're going to do this supposedly, and I'm not surprised, to all the kids around the world in the schools. If we don't stop it and stop it now peacefully and stand up and get our voices heard and we have good law enforcement and good military that go in and arrest these scum that are still running around trying to pull this stuff off, committing crimes against humanity and treason and fraud. You know, uh, that's what bothers me so much. You know, you 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 both were veterans, and, uh, and normally you were um, in the service as well. Where are the good soldiers? I mean, where where are the good cops? Like you watch genocide, uh, 
you're watching people being murdered on your watch and i'm thinking what is happening is there no general that has some power see this and say that's it we gotta put a, a you know plague on this we we cannot um, allow the you know politicians to run rogue like this i mean we gotta step in clean the house get to the bottom of this and then reinstate democracy or republic again i'm not talking about coup i'm not talking about you know violence i'm just talking about uh, law and order that has to be brought back to the countries and also that the monsters are doing those things that doesn't surprise me they have always been monsters around us but you know what really really shocks me that those teachers that know what the government is doing and they keep their mouth shut for a pension for a paycheck police officers that know what really is going on and they are keeping their mouth shut for a pension doctors and the nurses i mean out of all of them they know 100 what's really going on and they're still okay bloody murderers don't you know that one day you're going to die and you're going to face the living god and you will be accountable for every life that you have not protected because it's not good enough that you're not murdering people but if you know the evil that is being done and you choose not to do anything you're part of that genocide it's it, it, that's what shocks me that those people are okay so you're a nurse you go to to job you go to the hospital and the mainstream media is saying it's packed like it's thousands of people and we'll have to start willing people into a coffee shop right because that's what they said to us my mom was in hospital during that lie and she sent me videos and pictures she was the only patient in the entire unit just her alone and the mainstream media were saying it's overpacked, it's it's uh, you know uh, to the capacity, and there is a problem, blah 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 blah. And I'm looking at the nurses, and they know the truth, and they are not willing to do anything for a stinking money, few bucks a month. Wow, just just wow. Yeah, I I agree with you, <clears throat> Pastor uh, Pavlovsky, that. Uh... As long, the longer this goes on, the more it's not going to be good for these people. We're we're talking about. I've said this many times. Unless the military gets involved, they want the military to get involved because if we get involved, it's going to be quite ugly for them. You know, I remember in Poland, solidarity movement in Poland was a peaceful uprising, but I'm telling you when they were shooting people on the streets and finally when some had enough i remember soldiers and police running for their lives i remember those moments when the people said just shoot me but that's it i'm going to take you with me and we don't want to see that and i said mm -hmm. that so many times we don't want to see this because in the end of the day everyone suffers the victims and the villains become victims in the end we don't want that we don't want that, but I'm watching America. I'm watching what they're doing to your president. Well, first of all, 
I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, this man is built out of steel. Who in a right mind would even stay in a game after they have done such a crazy things to his family, but yet he's built. I think he is Polish emigrant. I, I truly believe that because he reminds <laughs> me of the Polish people. Uh, we we sometimes don't make any sense, but we kind of close that those eyes and that said, you picked up a fight with me, I'm going to finish it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it's going to cost me. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. I am like a horse now, like a like a donkey, stubborn, and and that's it. That's that that's me. That's why they should never pick up a fight with a guy like me. I will die on this hill. I will fight. Hey, Arthur, Arthur, the Polish the Polish pilots during uh, the Battle of Britain, three hundred six squadron. 306, they would yeah. not take. They would not take orders. They would not take orders from the Brits if they saw the Germans. They would go after them until they ran out of fuel. Yeah, yeah. They shot the biggest amount of the planes in a in a history of the of the battles there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what else to say to awaken the people. Um, what is going to take? Canadian economy is collapsing. I just received a document yesterday about a mortgage. I have to renew my mortgage. And guess what? I mean, you know what? It's double. It's double. And we know already that Canadians are one paycheck away from homelessness. We know that that in the G7 countries, Canadians are doing the worst. We are in so much debt, uh, second mortgages, um, credit cards, line of credits, you name it. And there, you know, the mortgages are coming up for a renewal. And I talked to a banker and I shared that story already many times with different people. Uh, she said to me that 25% of Canadians are going to lose their homes in the near future. And, and, and I'm thinking, and, and that's fine with you Canadians. That's okay. They're robbing you. They're stealing from you. Everything. Is that okay with you? It's, it's crazy times. Yeah. And they're using directed energy weapons to burn them out of their homes as well. So uh, it's it's total war against uh, humanity right now. So we we as humanity have to like push back on this. Uh, I don't know what that looks like, but it has to happen. We can't uh, continue this this process. Uh, so lots of people in the chat, uh, Arthur Pavlovsky, are blowing up those phones right now. So. <laughs> You know, and that's what it takes. When I was in prison, um, my wife was telling me that they did Americans. Actually, you know, I want to so much thank Americans. I mean, you know, Canadians are awesome, but Americans are fired up when it comes to, to the fight. Um, and I was told that they, I have a friend in City Hall and she works there. And she said that they, Americans, Tens of thousands of Americans were phoning nonstop when I was in jail, multiple times a day. And she said that they overwhelmed the system and the Calgary's switchboard had to be moved to another city because the system collapsed completely. And she came to the church just to share that with me. And she said, you know what they created? They created a switch called 
Artur Polosky, a separate switch just for the phone calls from around the world, but especially from Americans. And here is what the what the people were saying them, uh, telling them, you're American. Why do you care what happens to a Canadian? Like, why would you care? Well, an American said, we do care. We do care what happens to a pastor, even if that pastor is not from, from America. So what I'm saying is pressure works, especially in Canada, because Canadian politicians are snowflakes. They are, they, they, they are um, narcissistic snowflakes. And if you put pressure, I'll give you an example. The previous premier, which was no better than the one that we have now, but anyway, I did my rant uh, already um, about her before, but the previous premier that was caught sleeping with children in Thailand when he was the minister in a federal cabinet, a homosexual, a flaming homosexual, um, he was coming out and he was doing town halls meetings because he was you know, thinking that he's so popular and, and nice. And everywhere he showed up, everywhere he went, people were yelling and screaming, free pastor art. Where are you going to let the pastor go? Let him go, you this and that, you Nazi. Everywhere he went, restaurant, town hall, public meetings, press conference, everywhere he went, people were yelling. And you know what happened? He stopped coming out. And months later, literally just, I think two months later or one month later, he resigned. He couldn't take the pressure. So pressure works. Imagine, imagine, just for a second, I know I'm stretching it, but imagine Canadians finally waking up and everywhere they see a politician, everywhere they see a cop, everywhere they see those monsters, yelling you bloody murderers you nazis you gestapo you evil wicked people i'm telling you there is no human being on this side of eternity that can take that kind of abuse there is no human being that will be able psychologically to survive this outside of god only god can give you that kind of a strength to be yelled at and, and cursed and you know insulted like this because deep inside of them, first of all, they have no protection of God. And then they know that they are monsters. They know what they're doing is evil. And, you know, imagine if uh, a politician goes somewhere and everyone around, wherever he goes, yells and screams, bloody murder. Those people would be collapsing left and right and resigning. And they should. They should resign before we start charging them for treason in the Nuremberg trials number two, which I believe and I hope that one day we're going to see it. Yeah, I believe we will. So God, I believe, is uh, protecting you. Uh, it does. God does not protect those that are dark. And uh, that that frequency, the God frequency basically destroys them. So that's why we uh, we give them that uh that pressure that pressure that love pressure the love of god coming their way it's very very effective so gentlemen uh pastor palowski we have uh your website www.streetchurch.ca and uh that is i always you know give generously so i i encourage people to uh you know because you and your son 
both have to like you know fight these these criminals it's like very frustrating because you you talk about how they steal from us through taxation and then they use that taxation to come after you people like you that are trying to uh protect us and awaken us and uh it's very very frustrating so but you know we're we're going to give we're going to do what we can to uh you know stop this and push this back so give generously and uh norman can uh can you give us any insight uh website or what what's coming for this uh this million man march uh i haven't got a website for the march okay uh, I SNC uh, Justice for Trudeau and SNC Lavalin is okay. my GoFundMe, and uh, or you can just Google my name, Norman Traversy. Uh, Brad, I sent you a video of a friend of mine confronting Christian Freeland. Is there any way yeah. you can show that before we go? Sure, that's up to Michael. If you want, I can yeah, let's let's up. look at it definitely yeah the, part two part two is the best one but here's a friend of mine who saw christia freeland deputy prime minister of canada in a park and if you can do it uh that would be great brad he is one of the worst human beings living in a canadian soil this woman i'm telling you as a pastor he, she's demon possessed you can tell she is evil and she's demon possessed. Um, awful, awful human being. And she you wrote got it, Brad. You got it. Yeah, I've got it up here. And she wrote Soros's autobiography before she became the deputy PM of Canada. So here's part two, which you're referring to, Norman. Are you part of the world EF? WEF? Are you part of the WEF, Christina? Are you part of the World Economic Forum? Part of the deep state? Hope you have a nice day. Well, you won't have a nice day. See you at Gitmo. Bye-bye. That's it right there. <laughs> but, but you see, you gotta love but that's exactly what I was saying. She, you see, this we just perfectly saw that those people cannot take any any pressure. You apply a pressure to those monsters, to those Nazis, and they run. They cannot face you because they know what they're doing is evil. They're monsters. And when they are exposed like cockroaches, when you bring a light on the cockroaches running around spreading viruses, they run and they hide. That's why I'm saying pressure works. Yes. And this, my friend, <laughs> uh, there's a part one to it where Christia is sitting on that bench and she's gesticulating her hands are waving all over the place and what we think was she was making a phone call with a burner phone she had a binder she was not out for a jog uh and that she was making some kind of phone call that she didn't want anyone to hear there she is basically the vice president of canada and she had no security around her is that not unusual hmm. yeah she didn't want it, anyone to be around and anyone witness to whom she was talking to or about what she was yeah. talking yes about. exactly and but my friend got came upon her that was in toronto and <laughs> she she just ran 
See you in Gitmo. Norman has been personally thanked by uh, Commander-in-Chief Donald Trump for his work in serving Trudeau for crimes against humanity, uh, human trafficking, child trafficking, and fraud, as well as serving the RCMP for the exact same and criminally suing them. And Norman has personally briefed the American Embassy on July 1st of 2020 in Ottawa to that effect, which has also led to Norman's name being referenced in a Q drop. So what I'm blessed is I just have these two amazing Canadian men, along with you, Navy SEAL, 24 years, still serving in human in a humanity in an incredible way that everybody I hope recognizes on this show or hears a podcast to this, that this is history being created right here by people who are just saying, no, this is right, this is wrong, and I'm going to say something. And nobody has went kinetic here, and we're already pushing back. And as evidence to that, 48 hours ago, Chris Guy was at D.C. for the sentencing of the J6ers, and there was too much attention. So they already pushed the sentencing off, just like they pushed the wow. sentencing off for Arter, right? So NBC mm. cameras were there, CNN, all of them, and Infowars too, and all those guys. And they said, nope, too much attention in the spotlight. We're going to push it off. The same thing they did with Arthur in August. And now, everybody, please, if you're watching this on the second, or excuse me, on Tuesday of next week after the Labor Day weekend, you need to call the Justice Department in Alberta because then their phones will be open from nine to five because they're a bureaucracy. And then sing Arthur's name and Nathaniel's name to the high heavens and also the coots four because Arthur is a symbol and Nathaniel and Nathaniel are a symbol of the Canadian version of the American J6ers around the world, just like we've had so many other freedom fighters. So please do that and please contact all of us if you have ideas on how we can peacefully remove the deep state and put us back into a system and return to sovereignty and God ASAP because they're about to poison and kill kids in schools. I fully believe that is about to take place right now because they don't want to lose control, those cockroaches at the mid-level. And, and by yeah. the way, Norman, uh, I don't know if you remember, I was there on um, July 1st in Parliament and uh, the half of us stayed, there were speeches there, and then you took half the people to the American embassy. Remember that? Yeah, I did. I stole your audience. I was I was there. I was there and uh we decided actually to preach when you took the people um we decided to stay at the war memorial and and preach. So we, that's what we did and then when you came back with the people we went all back to the to the parliament hill. Uh so I still remember this like it was yesterday. It was absolutely crazy hot. Sun was shining uh and and it was a, such a beautiful thing i think we had about five thousand people at that time um i, I think about i heard i heard around eight thousand and uh when i went to speak i did not have a clue of what i was going to say uh, but what i said uh it was like someone else gave the speech it was quite amazing and i said uh if you'd like to accompany me to the American embassy, I'm going to deliver this package, this legal brief. And it was like the Red Sea was parting. 
the crowd separated. I walked down the middle and they followed me to the American embassy who were waiting for me. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was beautiful. Those those are the moments that we will cherish in history, that we were on the right side of the fence standing for for our land, for our country, for our children, for the future of this of this beautiful country, because we got to remember Canada is a beautiful country. If it was not for the bureaucrats and, uh, you know, fake politicians, this would be a paradise. It's a, it's a beautiful place. And of, of course, United States as, as well. I traveled around the United States. I think I visited about 40 states. It's absolutely amazing. It's an amazing country. And look what they're doing to God's gift that he has given to all of us, not just to, to them. This is our land. This is our inheritance. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we just have to, you know, look at this situation. If they will take a pastor and lock him up, it doesn't matter where it's happening in the world. Uh, but the way it's happening uh, and the reason it's happening, if we allow that, then it's coming to us for the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And uh, if we sit back and do nothing, we don't make those phone calls. We, if we can only contribute a dollar, whatever it takes, if everybody gave a dollar, it would be massive amounts that would go into a defense fund that would help and maybe turn this around. So like we're talking about, it does take act activity from large groups of people to make the difference. Otherwise, these guys with their little little bit of power, and that's all it is, just a little bit of power, you know, pushing on the buffalo herd runs it off the cliff. So we can't let that happen to ourselves. I've got the, I guess I've got the right image up there. I'm on buffalo jump. But <laughs> you do, I've, that's perfect. I've got another positive story. Mm. I went to the, uh, they had an inquiry about Trudeau invoking the emergency act illegally and it was held at a building next to our supreme court in canada and i went in there and uh, i went through the metal detectors and these two big guys in suits with id around their neck came up to me and said can we have a couple of minutes norman and i said sure went off to a corner and this i said how do you know who i am and he said, we've seen all your videos. We know what you're about. And they were smiling. But these are, you know, either big cops or RCMP something. And uh, he said, we've seen you come here every day. But this is the first day you've come here with papers. Do you plan on serving those on anybody? And I said, yeah, I plan on serving them on Brenda Lucky, the uh, commissioner of the RCMP. And the guy smiles at me and he says, well, we're going to have to try and prevent that, aren't we? And I said, okay. He says, if you do that, we'll arrest you and we'll kick you out of the building and you won't be allowed back in. And I said, okay, I get the rules. And he smiles and he points out the door and he says, but we've got no control over what you might do if you meet here on the sidewalk. And I said, okay. So then <laughs> I went into the room where the inquiry was and one of them stood right next to my chair the whole time. So, you know, sent a message, but uh, they were quite friendly. And I came back when Trudeau was there 
and uh, went through the metal detector and they came up to me and they fist bumped me. Great to see you, Norman. Good to see you. And I said, yeah, okay, great. And uh, they said, you don't have to stand in line. Come with us. And they took us in. They took me in and they had me sit like 15 feet from Trudeau so he could see me. And it, they were sending a message. So these are Trudeau's guards or whatever the heck they were. But they were extremely friendly to me, uh, not intimidating. And, uh, I, you know, I, they, I think they know what's going on and they know I'm one of the good guys. I've never been harassed by the police. I went and met with the, I met with the Ottawa police chief before the convoy arrived. And I said, I'm the liaison for the convoy. And, uh, you know, here's what we plan on doing. Is that okay? They assigned a cop to me. I had a cop and I had his phone number and I would tell him what we were planning on doing and whether that was okay. I met with the Ottawa fire chief. And so we were working together the whole, the whole time. It wasn't like uh, what they say, you know, these rogue truckers. No, we never blocked the roads, the ambulances and fire, they could get through. And uh, it was all coordinated. And we were in very uh, close contact with the police and fire. And Major General Valoui, now that you've went there, Norman, on this story, perhaps that's yep. a name at this moment in time for history. Yeah, um, I was in touch with Major General Paul Vallely, U.S. Army, and uh, what was he, uh, Deputy Commander Pacific Command. And he was, I was calling him every night because I was at the convoy headquarters and I helped set up the convoy headquarters, but Every night I would go back home and I would call him and he would basically give me a military debriefing. What happened here? What, what happened on Metcalf or this or that? And uh, then he'd say, look, go tell those guys on Queen Street to knock it off or this. And so this is uh, three combat tours of Vietnam, West Point, Major General, telling me what to do. So the Americans did have uh, quite an input into the convoy. And that's, I think, a lot of the reason it was so successful, because we did have expert advisors. That's good to hear. Now, uh, I've never heard this, but I always thought it. Do you think those, those crazy people that came in and started uh, hammering the Canadian people did they fly those people in? They weren't really Canadian. That's that's absolutely correct. Um, I, I've got a, a friend of mine uh, who I, I just saw just a few days ago. One of them hit him with a rifle butt on the head while he was on the ground. Now, that's not something any Canadian or American cop would ever do. Yeah. Hit someone on the head with a rifle butt while they were already on the ground. and he told me, he said, the guys in the green uniforms, they had no markings, no ranks, no nothing. They didn't speak English or French. And Were they Ukrainian? That, yes, that's what he told me. 
and he, I don't know. I was there, but he he figures they were Ukrainian mercenaries. And I know another person uh, who has spent decades training horses. And she said that the people that were the cops that were riding those horses, including one that trampled that woman with a yeah. walker. Yeah. She said they looked like they just learned to ride. They were not experienced horsemen. And that's uh, that's two people have told me that. And I was there and I've never seen cops without any insignia. No maple leafs, no nothing. So I think there's a very good chance they were Ukrainian mercenaries. And there were UN planes that flew in. Wow. Earlier. North Bay, Sudbury, Quebec airports. We have the videos of that. I was sharing that as it was coming in too. And they are United Nations planes and people have had video, which still we would need to have authenticated of those individuals coming off the planes, Michael. And just outside of Ottawa, being put on those green and brown shirt type uniforms with those helmets where they weren't speaking, they were being formed up and numbers were posted to their back and then sent off. And then we had veterans of the war cenotaph, as you remember the footage from the convoy, mm -hmm. they were praying and keeping the war cenotaph in Ottawa free of snow. And they came in and the jackboots just had at them. Yeah. Now we, this has, I'm glad you guys disclosed that. I don't think that I've really heard that definitively anywhere else. So that's very, that's very powerful. Now, I believe that they were also involved at J6. Uh, yep. too. Hmm. So we're, and because this is not United States, this is not Canada, we're dealing with uh, a global monsters. Yeah. Uh, the, the cabal or whatever you want to call them, the, the elites, the globalists, Nazis. Uh, the, yeah. you know, modern day pharaohs uh, that say to you, you own nothing and you will be happy while they are stealing everything, raping everyone. So uh, this is a global problem. And, and, and how you deal with a global problem, you come together in unity. This is no longer Canada, you know, Canadian problem, American problem. This is our problem that we're facing and if we come together it's over for the elites i mean seriously there is more of us and we have more resources believe it or not we think we don't have resources but we have more resources than them if we unite mm -hmm. and yeah. just like you yes. mentioned everyone can chip in a, a, a one man like me look i have to hire three legal teams now this is insanity. And I had a hard time dealing with that for the past few weeks, that the little me, I'm a small pastor, uh, one of the smallest churches in this country. And I am being given a task to tackle the biggest giants in the land. And I cannot do that alone. But if you multiply, I'll, you know, little as, so you multiply, multiply arts by a, a million. It's over for the globalists. Yes, alone, maybe we don't have that kind of strength and power, but combined together, we cannot lose. They already lost the enemy. So we, we must understand the concept. We can overpower them by sheer numbers. Yeah. And I'm not talking about violence. Again, I'm talking about just coming together. And when they tell you, um, you know, pandemic number two, you cannot see your parents, you invite your parents and your neighbors for a for a party. 
party for a dinner. When they tell you you cannot go somewhere, you bring 100 people with you. Just like we did here, we were not allowed to go to a shopping malls uh, because slaves cannot go to shopping malls uh, when the pharaohs uh, tell them they cannot. So we brought 300 people with us. And we did it. And we went right there. And, and that was over. They, they, I guess they could shoot us dead, but this is not the stage yet for that kind of uh, a craziness. And, and, and it was over. We, we did what we came to do, and we had a great time with each other. In the middle of the greatest lockdowns, we were surrounded by hundreds of like-minded people. We had actually great fun. You do the opposite. Always do the opposite what the devil is telling you to do. The devil contacted me by the fixers. Remember, I talked about your shows about them and they told me, keep your mouth shut. Don't talk, don't expose the politicians. So what do I do? I do a double. I do opposite and more. Stephen Johnston doesn't want me to expose his corruption. Now every show I do, I talk about him. Michael, I only had uh, uh, 10 minutes or so directly with 107 in California last last year. And then part of that briefing on the truth tour, aside from Mike Gill, Kevin Hoyt, a couple other folks, maybe the two gentlemen here, it could be great to have a show you with these two guys and 107, perhaps in, in a coming together of the minds on North America, because Arthur also ran for premier of Calgary, of, excuse me, of Alberta. And he had his election stolen. So we've got more election stealing across the border. We already know about the law of war manual. You and I have done shows with the amazing Colonel Chuck Sellers, Deputy Commander of Delta Force, for people who don't recognize that name, um, who, by the way, Arthur had said the best uh, spec ops he's ever served with are Grom. So there we go, Polish Grom. There's another nod to the polls. You know, right? by the way, yeah, I... Walter Savin could be an amazing show with these two gentlemen and yourself. I'm just putting it out there. Go ahead, Arthur. And I don't have one. No, Go no, ahead. no. Uh, I just want to say I am still uh, a leader of a registered entity called Solidarity Movement of Alberta. I had more people showing up to hear me speak during the town hall meetings than the Premier Daniel Smith. Um, she would have a couple hundred people. I had 600 people come to listen to what we had to, uh, to say. And that's why they catapulted or torpedoed uh, my party. They almost destroyed us completely. Uh, believe it or not, that was so popular. Uh, and uh, they say that pretty much no one voted for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. In my own writing, where I went to vote, there were additional names on my property that I lived for over 20 years. Names that I have no idea who those people are were assigned on the ballot to my property that I owned for over 20 years. This is what is happening in our electoral uh, system. Wow. Yeah, elections being stolen everywhere. I mean, we we have a someone that's posing as our president right now. You know, that election was stolen from uh, the rightful president, President Trump. So we, we're seeing that all around the world. Uh, these elections are being stolen. Uh, so it is a, is a worldwide event. Uh, we're seeing, you know, pressure putting on people that are trying to speak out. I just hope that, uh, you know, we get to the point where we can have this million person March before they try and shut us down. Cause I, I guarantee you they want to shut us down. 
So we, we have to like really, you know, get people riled up and don't let them do it. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you guys on. You guys, incredible uh, patriots for the world. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, I know you're, you're all sacrificing a lot. All of us, many of us are. Um, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's, it's worth it in the long run. Uh, I feel it's that an God, honor. Is, God is with us and, uh, and he will protect us and guide us through this. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless. Uh, normal, uh, uh, Norman, um, I probably will not be able to come unless a miracle happens to the march, but I'm sending my son, Nathaniel. He's going to be there with you for the march. He's going to be there for um, the meeting with uh, Josh Alexander as well. So um, unless miracle happens and I can join you on the 19th, then, um, then I will do that for sure. Okay. Well, I've already booked the room, so it's there for whoever comes. Okay. Thank you. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Godspeed. Thank you very much. Godspeed. Gentlemen, Godspeed. Yep. Absolutely. Good night. Thanks for joining us on the program, ladies and gentlemen. Please like, follow, subscribe, share this with nine friends and family. And of course, if you enjoy our blinged Buddha firing red pills from his nine mil, let us know.